Good morning. As you're about to see on the screen, a subject that we're going to cover this morning, I think probably all of us have struggled with from time to time. I'll go ahead and tell you this morning, this is one definitely for me. I definitely need this sermon. We're going to talk about the subject, Why Worry? Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Have you ever been called a worry wart? As I've said, I definitely have. This is something that I tend to struggle with quite a bit. I come from a long line of worriers on my mother's side. So don't tell her I said that. But in all seriousness, she would admit that readily, I can assure you. So I feel confident saying that this morning. She would agree with, you, with me. Matthew 6, 25 through 34, we're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount again this week, what Jesus has to say about the subject of worrying. But before we do that, I want to submit a challenge to you, and that challenge is simply this. Can you think of anything, just one thing, that you tend to worry about in this life that is not purely physical in nature, or mostly physical in nature. Let's think about that for a moment. Now, I think if we think hard enough, we can actually think of a few things that we might worry about that are purely spiritual in nature, or mostly spiritual in nature, but I think that we would all agree that most of the things that we tend to worry about in life are purely physical. Things that are pertaining to this life things that are carnal things, temporal things, temporary things. And so think about that this morning. I want to just run through a list uh, really quick as we talk about uh, physical versus spiritual worries. You see a few pictures there. The top left of the screen, what's going on in Ukraine right now? I worry about that. I think about what's going on there. I think about consequences that are on down the line uh, should Russia choose to do what they're thinking about doing over there. And we talked about this a little bit last week briefly. Uh, but certainly that's something that I think about. It's cer certainly a concern, but we don't need to worry ourselves sick over it. Talk about other uh, current events, maybe what's going on up in Canada. Maybe you're aware of that. Maybe you, you know what's going on there. If, if not, look into it. See uh, what's going on there with the, the protesters up there in Canada. But these are current events that are taking place, and we could talk about current events all day long. But what good would it do us to worry about it, to consume ourselves with it? Now, again, I'm preaching to myself here because uh, I keep up with current events a lot reading the newspaper, watching the news, etc., uh, looking at it on social media even, uh, what's going on in the world. And I think we, to an extent, need to be aware, but we can become consumed with it. Uh, thinking about what's going on as the global pandemic continues. Uh, will it ever end? I think a lot of folks are hopeful now that maybe it's coming to an end shortly, but uh, it's been going on about two years now, and we think about it, and we consume our thoughts with it, but we don't need to 
consume ourselves with worry over it. Uh, other problems that we would classify as health problems as well. How many of us have self-diagnosed a disease by looking at WebMD? Anybody? I have. Oh, no, I've got, insert dreaded disease here, because you became a doctor on WebMD. And then you actually go to a doctor and you find out, oh, that wasn't that at all. It was something that could be treated literally in about a week. But we worry ourselves sick looking into things like that because we think that we're the expert and we don't go to the actual expert to find out the source of the problem. Uh, now, we certainly don't want to make light of disease, of course. There are those that are going through very serious problems, and, and we need to be mindful of that. We need to be empathetic. We need to offer a helping hand in those situations. We need to pray. Certainly, it's very serious. But even so, what kind of problem is a, a disease? Is it a spiritual problem or a physical problem? Well, it's a, it's a physical problem. Uh, the worst disease of all is the spiritual disease, which is sin. That's the worst one uh, and the most important one we need to be concerned about. Some more problems that we might worry about. What about money? What about jobs? What about the economy? Oh, no, the stock market is up and down lately, and it is volatile, isn't it? And we might worry about it. Uh, these are all physical in nature. What about loss of freedoms and... Um, Government overreach and politics and voting and a lot of folks concerned with election integrity and all these different issues. Are they spiritual in nature or physical? Well, mostly physical in nature. Now, I know you could get into, well, honesty and things like that being a spiritual matter. But as far as what comes about with these things, mostly physical consequences uh, to a nation. And we certainly could talk about the, the spiritual components even of politics. Talk about Roe v. Wade. Is it right or wrong to murder an unborn, unborn child? Well, it's wrong. That's definitely a spiritual component uh, to thinking about politics. Uh, and we could list other examples uh, similar. Let's talk about family drama we might be facing. Difficulties at home community problems, school problems, social club disagreements. Are they physical or spiritual? When I was uh, growing up as a teenager, we were involved in a riding club, uh, doing horses and things of that nature. And um, my dad ran for president of that riding club one time. And you wouldn't believe the mudslinging that, that took place in something as really unimportant as a riding club. But I tell you what, they divided up. And you had this camp here and that camp here. My dad basically ran on the platform of, hey, we need to unite as a riding club and quit all this nonsense. And he won, by the way. So shout out to my dad for that. But uh, we could get into the silliness of being consumed with stuff like that. Drama associated with something as, as simple as a social club, whether it's a riding club or any other kind of club that we might be involved in. These are physical concerns. They're not something that we should be consumed with. They're not something that we should worry about. 
Do any of the things that I just mentioned have the power to change our eternal abode to either heaven or hell? We need to think about that. Now, how we conduct ourselves in all of these things, well, yes. How we conduct ourselves in any aspect of life will certainly affect where we end up one day, right? But I'm talking about the actual lingering effects of problem that I might think about here or here or there. That's what I'm talking about. Do any of those things have the power to affect whether or not I will one day be in heaven or hell? Of course, the answer is no. Now, I do want to think about a couple of things that I thought about that are primarily spiritual concerns, okay? So let's think about this. And the first one is problems in the church. You think about worrying about problems in the church, that is a spiritual concern, isn't it? Certainly. And I have a book in my office called Awake at Night. Sometimes church problems might keep us awake at night. And it's a, a book about how elders are, are kept awake at night thinking about the various problems in the church. That is definitely... Uh, in the realm of spiritual concern, spiritual worry, we might say. And, you know, I've, I've talked to our elders here. There are things that keep them awake at night, and, and we need to be mindful of that. There's another example I want you to think about, and that is heaven and hell. That is definitely a spiritual concern that we can be thinking about. You know, when we talk about church problems, I want to ask you this. In regard to church problems, if somebody is not doing right in the church, if somebody is living in sin in the church, does that have to cause you to lose your soul? Now, if you're not handling yourself properly in dealing with such a one, you might lose your soul too, okay? But you don't have to lose your soul just because brother over here is doing what they ought not be doing or sister over here is doing what she ought not be doing, okay? You are responsible for your soul. And I'll give you an example of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the brother was taken in fornication with his own father's wife. Paul tell, tells them how to deal with that. Now, they didn't have to lose their souls over the fact that this man was caught up in that sin. They had to deal with that situation properly according to Paul's instructions there, but they didn't have to let that man influence them to go to hell, okay? Uh, now, regarding heaven and hell, certainly this is a spiritual concern, and it is the utmost spiritual concern that we can think about, the possibility of going to hell when we depart this life, that is concerning. And if you're not concerned with that this morning, then you need to open up your eyes and think about it. You need to open up God's Word and read about it and realize that that's a place you don't want to go. Hell is a place characterized by weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that is an utmost spiritual Concern. If you're not a Christian this morning, then by all means, you need to be worried about that. But here's the deal. Do we have to be worried about it? 
Did God leave it to us to just be consumed with worry about it all the rest of our lives, or did he give us something to take care of it? He gave us something called his word that we can open up and read and realize exactly what he expects of us so that we don't have to worry about hell because we can know that we're going to heaven when we depart this life. So even so, with these two things that I thought of, problems in the church and heaven and hell, certainly spiritual concerns, but we don't have to worry about it because everything that we need to deal with it is right here in God's Word. Let's see. There we go. Let's get to what Jesus says about this subject. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. This is in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And I want you to notice the spiritual concerns that Jesus has in mind compared to physical or material concerns throughout his uh, sermon on the mount. Verse number 25, Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your what? Your life. Physical. Okay? Do not worry about your life. And then he says, what you will, what? What you will eat or what you will drink. Physical. Nor about your body. Physical. What you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? The life that Jesus came to give us, a life that is more abundant Jesus says, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. It's more abundantly in physical life, yes, but he gives us spiritual life. And spiritual life ought to be our utmost concern. That's what we put first. Our spiritual life, regardless of what is going on in our lives physically. If we were to back up a few verses here in Matthew chapter 6, and we were to look and see what Jesus is saying we would find things like, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but we're to lay up treasures in heaven. We would find things like, no one can serve two masters, and you cannot serve God and mammon, material substance, the God of material substance. We don't serve God and also material substance. We serve God. So Jesus is clearly demonstrating to us that there's a difference between physical concerns of life and spiritual. Our minds are to be on the spiritual. Look at verse number 26. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Certainly we are much more valuable than birds. But even the birds God looks upon favorably. And if he looks upon birds favorably, certainly he will look upon us, his penultimate creation, in favor as well. Verse number 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Trust me, if 
If I thought I could add a few inches by doing that, I would. But I can't. <laughs> Worrying is not going to make me transform into Shaquille O'Neal. I've never been able to dunk a basketball. I never will. But that's okay. That's a physical concern. That doesn't matter one bit, okay? I cannot add a few inches or a cubit to my stature by worrying. Verses 28 through 30. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Isn't that interesting? If God cares about the flowers of the field, and he does, if God cares about the flowers of the field, how much more does he care about clothing us? Isn't that interesting? And don't miss this last part in verse number 30. Oh, you of little faith. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, talking about physical versus spiritual, he points out that if we're consumed with things of this life, if we're consumed with physical rather than spiritual, we are of little faith. And he makes no bones about it. We cannot be of much faith and be consumed with much material concern. Plain and simple. And so we have to not worry about these things. I need to hear this, okay? Because I worry. I'm the worry wart, okay? First and foremost in here this morning. Verse number 31. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Do not worry. Is that a command? It is, isn't it? He tells us, do not worry. And if we are worrying, then we are contradicting exactly what Jesus told us not to do. Okay? So Chase, stop worrying. I say to myself. We don't need to worry. He says, do not worry. Verse number 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Why does Jesus mention Gentiles here? I think it's a reference to paganism. The heathens, the Gentiles, the pagans. All these things the Gentiles, the heathens, the pagans seek after. That's what they're concerned with. That's what they're worried about. That's all they think about. These physical things. If it feels good, do it. Hedonism. That's what hedonism is. If it feels good, do it. That's what the pagans were doing. Jesus says, well, all these things the Gentiles seek after. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, food, drink, clothing. God knows we have need of these physical things of life, and 
He gives them to us. Anybody not have one of those things this morning? We've all got them. And so we need to trust Him. Verse number 33. Star it. Underline it. Highlight it. Matthew 6.33. You can probably quote it. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. We quote it regarding assembling with the saints. We quote it regarding life decisions and proper priorities. And yet, do we not realize the context of Matthew 6.33 is dealing with worrying? We're not to worry. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in all these things will be added to you. These lesser things, these unimportant things, but we do need them because we do live in the flesh. We do live physical lives, and we do need them. God will provide what we need. We don't have to worry about it. Finally, verse number 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't live in the future as it pertains to worry. Don't live in the past as it pertains to worry. Some of us, we worry, worry, worry ourselves sick. We give ourselves an ulcer over some of the things that we've done in our past. Are they forgiven or not? Now, if they're not for some reason because you've never obeyed the gospel, then you better worry about it. I hope it worries yourself sick so that you come and do what you need to do and take care of that. Obey his gospel and then live as a faithful Christian. But we don't have to worry about it once we've done that. Let's talk about the application for this morning. Has anybody ever heard of a guy named Bob Newhart? Some of y'all might know where I'm going with this. I don't know. There's an old skit that Bob Newhart did. You can find it on YouTube. Highly recommend it. Best six minutes you'll ever watch. And Bob Newhart did this skit, and basically he's playing the role of a counselor. And a lady comes in his office, and she is worried sick. She has worried herself sick. She can't stop thinking about it. She's consumed about it. You know what she's worried about? Being buried alive in a box. She comes in and she tells Bob Newhart, the counselor, I hear that you are good at what you do. I need some counsel. Okay, what is it? Oh, by the way, he says, uh, I charge a dollar a minute, five minutes tops, and I do not make change, he says. She's like, okay, that's it. And he says, I'm pretty confident you won't go the full five minutes. So she tells him, well, I'm worried about being buried alive in a box. Well, you're claustrophobic. I guess so. Well, what do you think I should do? She pulls out her notepad, getting ready to write. He says, you probably won't need that. It's just two words. Just two words. You ready for this? Well, yeah, tell me, tell me. What do I do? Stop it! You're telling me just to... Just to stop it? Yeah, stop it. 
what do you mean? Really, just, just stop it? Yes, stop it. Stop worrying about being buried alive in a box. And she says, but I can't just stop it. Yes, you can. Stop it. And it's hilarious. She says, well, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. I, I would like my money back. He says, okay, I've got 10 words for you. Stop it or I'm going to bury you alive in a box. It's pretty funny. But does it not illustrate that sometimes we need to just stop it? Okay, Chase, stop it. Stop worrying. You're making yourself sick. If my mom were listening to this, I'd have to tell her too. Stop it. It doesn't do us a bit of good to worry about the things Jesus told us not to worry about. Christian, stop it. Don't worry. Non-Christian this morning, if you're here, if you're not a Christian, you don't have this privilege. You don't have the ability that we have as Christians to simply not worry. Jesus came to give a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light to Christians. And he gave rest to Christians. But if you're not a Christian here this morning, you don't have that rest. You don't have a yoke that is easy. You don't have burden that is light. You have heavy and difficult yokes and burdens, and you don't have rest. You can make that right this very moment. The Bible teaches that we must obey His gospel. The gospel is the good news of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what he did for us so that we can have that hope. If you've never obeyed that gospel by putting on Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins, going down into that water, burying that sinful self, and coming up out of that water in newness of life, Romans 6, Colossians chapter 2, if you've never done that, you can do that this morning, believing on Christ, believing what he did for you, repenting of your sins and confessing Christ, you go down into that watery grave, you walk up, you rise up in newness of life to walk in newness of life, and you don't have to worry anymore. If that's you this morning, or if you have any other, other need, please come as together we stand and sing.